Hey everyone, it's Tamara and Lindsay, and you're listening to Take Me to Chelsea, a podcast where two Canadians rewatch and discuss the hit UK reality show Made in Chelsea. Today, we're going to be talking about season two, episode eight, How Do They Find Flamingo Roadkill, which originally aired on November 7th, 2011. So Linz, what's our synopsis today? The gang spontaneously heads to Morocco for the weekend. Not that we're jealous at all. Alice and Proudlock grow closer, much to Kagi's dismay. Amidst this, Kagi begins to feel overwhelmed by the weight of Spencer's affections, finally telling him that nothing will ever happen between them. After the dust has settled somewhat between her and Hugo, Millie finds herself unable to move on and becomes increasingly suspicious of Rosie's odd behavior. She asks Rosie about it directly, which, spoiler alert, does not go down well. The time away from home makes Binky realize that she has missed the company of her OG buddies, Ollie and Cheska. So we get our first like really big group trip. I think this is the first of obviously many to come, but they they go off to Marrakesh in Morocco. And I think it's I think it's the first time they kind of we do this kind of big group trip other than when they went to the cottage. But it was kind of nice to get out of London. Yeah, well, I mean they <laughs> they just had their Paris trip. But that was just the girls. Yeah, the whole spontaneous like let's let's take a trip and invite everyone or invite a certain subset of our bigger group but yeah this one everyone came except hugo and rosie it felt like a weird group to me though the weirdest thing i guess was binky was there none of her friends were there but she was just there with the gang so this is an extension of kind of what's been happening binky's sort of gone over to the cool kid group but now watching it she doesn't really fit in like i feel i felt like she was kind of like Gemma in the at the big country house but like a more acceptable version. Like they liked her more, but she was really there for jokes. Yeah, I guess you're probably referring to that one scene in particular where they're making fun of her lack of geographical knowledge. Yeah, but then also even when Kagi's with her, she's just like, oh, I love her. She's so funny, but there's no real connection there. Yeah. It's just like she's there to be funny. I thought, well, her and... Um... Millie had a few cute scenes, I thought. No, no, they didn't. I thought both of those were so set up. Didn't you see Millie, like, jumping on Binky in bed at the beginning? Yeah, but those are, like, those intro scenes that are hugely choreographed. Why would Millie be jumping on Binky? It makes no sense. No, but that's what I thought. Like, they wouldn't do that if they wouldn't weren't somewhat they they always do those like intro scenes that are really really choreographed like where they kind of wake up after a party or whatever come on the girls in their bikinis or whatever having a pillow fight like come on (laughs) no we don't do that yeah well the pillow fight one was a little even binky's conversation with millie i just felt like millie was giving off these vibes like i don't know why we're having this conversation like millie's pretty open but yeah i know it's true yeah maybe maybe i read into it yeah, I feel, and Millie brought up a few times, which, you know, stirring the pot of it, maybe she was told to 
But, oh, Cheska's not going to like that you're here. She brings it up a few times to try to, I feel like, stir some trouble. And I'm glad Binky didn't really fall into it and say much about it. I didn't think Millie was trying to stir the pot. I think they said, okay, you ask about Millie's situation with Hugo. And Millie, you ask about Binky's drama. Like, it was specific to that episode to fuel the narrative. No, but they said it as well when they were all at the party. You could tell they were all kind of like, oh, your friends won't like it. Very, like, othering. Yeah. It was very clear that these were the cool kids. Binky's joined. And it was just... And Binky, I'm glad, like I said, like, she didn't really say anything there. I'm glad she didn't, like, say, throw her friends under the bus or something in that moment. I know. No, that wouldn't have looked her. But I think Binky kind of realizes in this episode, while she might get along with the guys, she doesn't really fit oh yeah because i guess rosie's not there and louise isn't there i'm trying to think because they're all tight now but i mean alice is a bit new and she seems friendly so she probably would have been friendly but yeah it was like a little bit of a weird dynamic i think but even like look at how alice is treated compared to binky like alice is treated more seriously whereas binky's just there for humor i thought yeah totally So I guess that makes her come to the realization that she has missed her besties. Mm -hmm. So we had that really awkward and again set up scene at the very, very beginning when Cheska's supposed to overhear Binky get invited to the Morocco. Oh my god. Um, And then that kind of awkward conversation that follows. (laughs) I have a theory that... Binky just thought she was going to get the invitation at the grocery store. I don't think she knew Cheska was going to be there. Because she was just so lively on the phone that I thought maybe she thought that was her scene. Oh, interesting. But you can see, like, this shot of, like, Cheska coming down the escalator. <laughs> I know, but I think sometimes they surprise their cast because they don't want, they do want it to be genuine. So you don't think Binky saw that? I don't, yeah, I don't think Binky knew Cheska was coming. Because she gets really quiet after. She's kind of weird with her, right? Yeah, because she's been acting like she has been. So that's why I was... Like, uh, Binky, you're being weird. She's so weird. Cheska has to cool out. Like, and I think she actually has thought about it and chilled out about Binky being friends with the other guys. Like, she was, like, pretty, like, understanding. It wasn't um, being as aggressive as she has been previously. And she's like, oh, but when you come back, I'd love to see you. So kind of being mature because ultimately she just wants her friend back, right? So... I think that was good of Cheska to yeah. do that. And then, I mean, at the end, Binky does come back. Yeah, and it's so sweet, and it makes sense. She comes back to her true friends, where she doesn't have to kind of be the joke. Yeah, and it feels so natural. Yeah. But, I mean, I do think Binky, I mean, this it might be, like, getting to know you pains but she does become friends with these guys but i think it's more as a result of the show and people leaving the show and they just become naturally closer this is was kind of forced i felt yeah i feel like this was forced but i feel like it's not like she saw this group and decided she doesn't want it like she still wants it no it's true she still wants it yeah okay so leaving aside Binky's presence in Morocco. The other sore thumb, not sore thumb, but the other kind of odd man out is Millie, of course, because the boys, I'm sure, would have loved to have Hugo there. Keggy's kind of got her own situation going on, which we'll talk about in a moment. 
but Millie's kind of paired with Binky as a result because she is still in this kind of limbo place after her breakup and this whole situation. Yeah, so I guess at the beginning, uh, before the trip, when they all go to lunch with Rosie, uh, Millie's kind of saying, I'm more in love with Hugo than ever, and Rosie's not very supportive. She's like, oh, you should just get away and kind of... Mm -hmm. And Millie's like, I can't get over him. Like, I'm so in it. Yeah, on the trip I found... I guess it was seemed fine throughout because everyone was just focused on Kay's behavior, but it does kind of lead to this like big confrontation ultimately with Spencer and Millie. And I'm like, oh my god, was it like this the whole time? <laughs> I know, and that's the first time we've really seen Spencer kind of have that edge. Yeah, he was aggressive. He's kind of been neglectful of people, but he was really aggressive towards Millie. But I remember that scene as being bigger than it was. Like, it didn't it didn't go on for very long, and Millie's kind of rightfully so, just like, I'm not talking about this with you. Well, she tried. She tried to, like, explain her side and try to, like, you know, approach them and be, like, smooth things over a bit and try to maybe mend some of those things. Millie, like, I think handled herself well. Um, but maybe it's just like Spencer needed to get this off his chest. He yeah, and he was angry about Kagi's situation. Okay, so when they get back, and it seems like Rosie and Millie have kind of been like dancing around each other, not really confronting it. But Rosie did something really sketchy by telling Hugo that Millie cheated without going to her friend first and saying, "I know this is about you," that we talked about last time. But I feel like Rosie and Hugo have gotten really close while they were away. They seem really couply. Like, they showed up at the party together. They were flirtatious. Like, he's like, your shirt's see-through. I feel like this is when they hooked up. Like, maybe not, like, right now, but, like, shortly after this is going on. I feel like this is when it happened. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah, first of all, it was totally inappropriate. And, like, ew, Rosie. Like, you just came from lunch with Millie and, like, this... You're joking about your sheer blouse and your buttons being undone with Hugo. I know, I know. It's gross. And how could you do that to your friend? That's even if you even if it was complicated at the beginning, as soon as they dated, you're out of the picture or you should be. Like you're gone. Yeah. This is their relationship. Don't ever get involved mm-hmm. once like someone's been in a relationship with someone. I don't care if you had a crush before. It's it's eclipsed that now. So wait. You don't think Rosie's defensive reaction was was because nothing had happened, I guess? No, I'm not saying that. I, I could see it both ways. I could see that maybe they had hooked up and she was really defensive because she was worried that it was going to get out. But I could also see her not having done it yet. But I'm just saying, like, if if they haven't done it yet, they're on the precipice. I, I would imagine that when they do hook up, it's quite shortly after this. Because there is that connection. They're, they were isolated, the two of them. They are hanging in a lot. There's that flirtation again. Well, okay, I assumed it would have happened or it was literally when they were in Morocco it happened. Yeah, but that's my guess. And, okay, so maybe I'm going to play... Maybe it was that night. Yeah, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Yeah, okay, so either... Maybe it was that night or maybe it was slightly before that. But in the next episode, we see Hugo sucking back up to Millie. So I don't think it happened after that. Like, I think... He hooked up with Rosie, kind of got rejected, as we'll talk about more in, you know, a couple episodes, and then went right back to Millie. But I think this is right when it would have happened. Whether or not it happened before a conversation, after conversation, doesn't matter. This is about the time it happened, I think. That has no 
bearing on Rosie's reaction, which was just completely gross oh and off-putting. And it makes me like, ugh. And gaslighting. She was totally, ugh. I know. I was so mad. I have I've written here, Rosie's so awful. Millie was so fair and she tried to do yeah. it in such a nice way. And there's just this coldness to her, towards Millie. And she's trying to, she's clearly trying to understand where this is coming from. Like, how can you not have empathy where she's like, you just need to move on. You just need to get over it. It's like, holy. You're so boring. Your problems are so boring. I know. Oh my gosh. Who says Terrible that? Terrible friend. Terrible yeah. friend. And then, oh, I'm going to go hang out with the boys. Yeah. I can't be dealing with this anymore with your heartbreak about being cheated on and like the huge drama you're in. Meanwhile, like all she loves to do is gossip with Hugo about Millie, but Millie can't talk to her about Hugo and like it's just it's so bad. I remember like Rosie first two seasons is just the worst. Yeah, it was funny because Rosie like I don't I didn't leave when she left the series, I didn't think, Oh, she's a bad person. Like I, I grew quite to like her. So this is, yeah, first two seasons she's terrible and I think it's because of this Hugo situation. I think she's I think she's involved and she's denying it, but she's completely she's doing it for selfish purposes. Okay, you can be selfish. Everyone's selfish, right? But to have so little regard for one of your friends and to treat them so poorly, like so consistently yeah. is just it's just I don't know. It's questionable and it's hard to like I can't have any justification for that. No. Maybe maybe Rosie maybe I'm leaning towards the idea that Rosie freaked out because they did hook up and she's so terrified that it's going to get out that she just wanted to shut it down so harshly. Cuz why would you get so mad? Like Millie clearly does she seems quite timid about it. I don't think she's been like pestering Rosie incessantly about it. No. She has it said, like, the way you behaved is a little weird, and it has been a little weird. So, like, it's you can ask your friend if you feel weirded out or uncomfortable about these things, and how mm-hmm. would she go on if she didn't ask about that? It'd just be, like, more of a fake friendship. Yeah, exactly. It's so sad that she even has to ask that. That's her friend who who's already stabbed her in the back by telling Hugo something she shouldn't have. And didn't tell her when Hugh had cheated on her. And what Rosie's defense is, everyone knew, so that's why I didn't tell you. That's such a stupid excuse. Mm-hmm. Like, doesn't make any sense. Rosie is just plain and simple. You can go round and round. She's being a bad friend right now. I wonder if Keggy at this point, well, I guess we don't know the timeline and we never do. No, I don't do. think so. You don't think Keggy knows? No. I think I think she found out shortly. I think if Rosie and Hugo, if we assume they're hooking up or or sorry, have have hooked up already or are about to hook up or something like that, I think Keggy finds out probably quit, pretty quickly afterwards. I'm imagining that Hugo tells her, but I don't know if Hugo would tell her, but yeah, I guess their friendship group it would get out. Yeah. So speaking of Keggy and Spencer, <laughs> we kind of come to a Oh dear. Would you call it like a it's not really like a climax of their their relationship humps and valleys this is a valley (laughs) yeah yeah but it's pretty dramatic like she's never really she's always kind of danced around it and she's said you know maybe and not now and blah 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 but she's never really said this is not going to happen and we get that in this episode well this is just in general a completely new version of keggy this depressed morose and 
I mean, it's so anti-Keggy in terms of, like, this bubbly woman that we know and love so well. Like, she yeah. is just, like, she sucks the life out of everyone mm-hmm. she talks to mm-hmm. in Morocco. I'm just wondering if, now that this show's been on for a bit and she's beginning to feel the reaction of the people reacting to her, I think the weight of that is really getting to her. And I feel like that's ultimately why she doesn't again like stay on the show yeah i i can see that for sure i guess if i am trying to stay within like the parameters of this show my kind of impression was someone with within the context of proudlock and her whatever relationship Mm. with proudlock and alice coming in i felt like it was this relatable situation where you're in a close group of friends and I personally have been in this situation. You're in a close group of friends. You really like someone or you, you're interested in someone, but someone else is into you. And like that energy, like they're just taking all this energy to being like all the focus is on you and this other person instead of being on the person you actually like. So in the context of Kagi, Spencer, Alice, and Proudlock, I, I do feel like Kagi still likes Proudlock. She sees that he has backed off for some reason because if we go with what we've thought, she maybe was coming back or maybe they've been talking in the summer and she thought when she got back, okay, she, I, me and Proudlock are going to hook up now. Like this is going to be a thing. And then all of a sudden this conversation that she doesn't see with, with Proudlock and Spencer happens, Proudlock backs way off and suddenly he's going after her cousin and now there's all this attention back on Spencer and Kagi and she's like, oh, I was done with this. Like I left. I thought I left that behind. Like that's what I kind of got the impression was she's just feeling overwhelmed by this pressure because she doesn't, it's not like she'd be feel super pressured in isolation, but in addition to that, she's seeing this guy she actually might like moving on with her cousin. Yeah, okay, yeah. So that's the other side of it for sure with how how much do Kagi's feelings, how much are they stemming from her affection towards Proudlock, right? I guess if she was really into Proudlock, this would explain like her beha- her feeling so bummed out because that would be like pretty awful. She's clearly not okay with it. She cries about it. She cries. I know it. We've never seen Kagi cry not outwardly like that where she's just kind of defeated and she tells Proudlock that she's not okay with him seeing Alice and he apparently just ignores that I know and Spencer's being full on and I think probably their friendship group is at this point and then she calls this French guy like I feel like she is so all over the place mm. but I think I think it is about Proudlock and I don't think we really acknowledged that last time we watched it together but i guess because we didn't like proudlock so we kind of were like uh but she's kissing proudlock like the second episode i don't think she did that just against spencer like i do think she thought something was going to happen with proudlock they were kind of holding hands for a little bit yeah so i guess him looking up with alice pushes her over the edge because she has been flirting and toying with spencer up until the last episode yeah so she can't deny like she's been you know, trying to set distance yeah. and or anything. It's like all of a sudden she's like, I can't deal with this anymore. Yeah. I think she's a flirtatious person. And I think that kind of leads Spencer on a little bit. But she's always kind of one of the... Like she's even flirtatious with Jamie a little bit, you know? Like I don't think that's a fault. And I don't know that he shouldn't have been 
kind of more aware of that. No, I think I think it's pretty well understood that by everyone, including Kagi and her her friends mm-hmm. and Spencer's friends, yeah, that she kind of strings him along. Yeah, that she strings him along, and I think he's rightfully angry by the end. He's not entitled to her. I do like what she was saying about feeling like a prey and like a possession and he just can't like declare Mm -hmm. that he wants me and then I become his like that's not how it works it's it's two way we both have to go into this together so I think what she's saying is good but at the same time you can't it's just cruel and it's not if you know someone is in love with you Mm -hmm. and you're acting a certain way it just becomes mean at a certain point yeah, you have more responsibility when you know someone yeah. is head over heels in love with you to be clear with them and to be kind. So, yeah, she she's not – I feel like she's kind of a mess right now. But I guess it was good that they had that conversation or she's very clear with him. Yeah. I felt bad for both of them, to be honest. Like, I felt bad for her for being in that situation and I felt bad for him, obviously, to have his heart crushed because he seemed like he was doing better and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't as bad as he was in the first season. No, like we were saying last episode, he was showing, like, growth and maturity. And then, it, yeah, yeah, it sucks to see that and her cut him down. But I'm just wondering, though, I think we didn't put much stock in Proud Luck because I actually don't think anything else happens with that. No, I don't think it does. I'm just saying, I think... No, but I'm just saying, like, do you think she just gets over it? Yeah, I think when you see... I think when you see the guy that you were seeing take your 18-year-old cousin out and essentially drop you, like, that's... You're not going to like someone after that. True. I guess. But yeah, I guess my point is this doesn't get explicitly acknowledged in the show. No. So I guess maybe when you look back on the show... You forget about this because yeah. even the other characters don't really bring it up or anything. And Alice, who seems like she's lovely and a nice person, it's weird that she continues to pursue it. I know. She and Proud Luck are so full on there, like, holding hands and he's always got his arm around her. And I don't know that he's really into it. I think he, again, is one of those people that kind of just drifts and... Pays attention to... Well, we don't know him yet, so let's... (laughs) I know, but we do see it, like him do it again and again. We have to look at him from what we've seen and then see where it starts, I guess. I would still argue that I don't think he's fully into it. When he's asking her out on a date, it's not like he looks excited about the date. Well, at first I thought... Because in Morocco, he was telling her, like, oh, I'm going to be so busy when I get back. I'm like, oh. Yeah, exactly. No, but then he does follow up and ask her out. Yeah, but he, but I think maybe the show told him to at that point. Because you're right. Who says that? If you're really into someone, you're not like, oh, I'm super busy when I get back. You don't say that. No, it's true. He was trying to establish distance right away. <laughs> yeah. I think Alice was kind of a tool to distance himself from Kagi in a snaky but easy way. And I don't mean snaky in, like, a mean sense. I just mean, like, it was an easy way, even though it's kind of a harsh way. Mm-hmm. But I think going after her cousin, I can't think of a more obvious, I'm sorry, this isn't going to work between us, than I'm literally going after your relative in front of you. And, I mean, Kegi explicitly tells him it, it makes her uncomfortable. Like, explicitly tells him. I know. And he doesn't care. And he's like, yeah, I'd be really jealous if it was reversed. He's more concerned about Spencer's feelings men (laughs) i didn't like that but 
I don't I never liked Kagi and Proudluck anyways, so I think this is the end of that. No, I don't think anybody really shipped that. <laughs> no, definitely not. So my favorite moment of the episode was when Binky comes back to Cheska and Ollie because of that course, was gonna be mine too. I thought that might be yours too. Well, because it was so heartwarming. We've seen this. We've seen these three throughout the last two seasons, and they've always been really close. And there's such a camaraderie between them. And then Binky kind of lost her way, but when she comes back, because they're such good friends, I loved what Ollie said. He's like, "We, we weren't like we weren't gonna put up with this." Or I forget what he says exactly. That we would have come and gotten you. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. It's like, those are your lifelong friends, like the ones that aren't going to be kind of put off by the fact that you're out there trying something new. Like, he knows no matter what, they're his, like, those two are his family. So, that, yeah, that was a nice moment. And maybe, I mean, I don't want to be gendering here, but mm-hmm. the conflict seems between Binky and Cheska. Mm-hmm. But Binky hasn't been there for Ollie at all, but I guess... I know. But I think he just has eternal love for her. Like, I think their friendship is just beyond that, and he kind of went, eh, she's doing her own thing right now, but she'll come back. Yeah, I think some people are just less grudgy. Yeah. And they'll just be like, yeah, you know, they'll come back. Yeah, yeah. They don't take things so sensitively. That was my favorite moment, because I was just thinking, okay, maybe I'll think of my next one, but, like, this is kind of a heavy episode. (laughs) I guess in a funny moment, but it was actually just a non-moment, was when uh, Francis and James were talking about the dating apps. <laughs> oh my god. You know what? James was on to something there. I know. I know. I thought actually, I was like, oh, this actually is a good idea. Like tips for, I think we still need that. Because the one when it says 2012, so. Yeah. You're right. Online dating didn't blown up yet. Yeah. For young people. I think it was just like older people using it. But now like everybody's using it. Yeah. And they, if they had gotten in at that point, they might have. Uh, I know. Come on. <laughs> next Bumble it. or Hinge or something. <laughs> you, you know, it's kind of a vacant episode in terms of like nice moments when Francis is your favorite moment. I know. That's like probably a first for me. <laughs> But I mean, I like the episode was good. It was very dramatic, but it was just like a downer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Everyone was kind of miserable. Yeah. So do we have a fun fact for this week? We do. So our fun fact of the week is that after the end of their semi-relationship or hookup situation or whatever, Proudlock and Keggy actually did stay quite close because even after she left the show... And while the boys, um, it said, I'm assuming this is Francis, Jamie, and Ollie. Why did I say Ollie? Francis, Jamie, and Proudlock were having their place renovated. Um, Proudlock actually stayed with Kagi for a while. So obviously there was no bad blood uh, with regard to the whole Alice situation and and what may or may not have happened between him and Kagi. And Lindsay, what about music? What are we listening to this week? So the song that was most prevalent this week was the Band of Horses song, The Funeral, or Funeral. It was like that really dramatic tune. They played it uh, Yeah, in Morocco when Kagi was like emotional, and I think they played it at the end too. Uh, not particularly a huge fan of Band of Horses, mm-hmm. but I mean, it was a good song. It was like emotive for that moment. But they also played a song... That I remember hearing a lot. Remember Neon Indian? Yes, I knew. I thought you were gonna pick up on that. Yeah, I remember Neon Indian. Yeah, Polish girl. Yeah, that was a banger. I remember like, <laughs> right when that came on, I was like, oh yeah, this is used to be 
on our playlist back in the day. Didn't we go and see Neon Indian when we were living in Montreal? Either we did or we were going to. Did we actually go? I don't think I went. <laughs> I feel like we did. I think I did. Maybe maybe um, my roommate. Yeah, I think we did. It sounds familiar. Yeah. No, I loved Neon Indian. And what about memorable fashion of the week? So memorable fashion of the week, of course, has to be our maxi dresses. So everyone was wearing maxi dresses in this episode. And I remember in 2012, that's when I bought my first maxi dress. And they were all the rage. And in summer, everyone in the city was wearing them. Yeah, I loved maxi dresses. I don't know. Did You had some maxi dresses, too. Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny. When I moved, I got rid of my one I wore all the time back then. (laughs) Remember that one I wore to, like, Easter and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I was like, I keep holding on to it because I, like, have fond memories of it. I'm like, you know what? It's done. It served me well. It's time to go. (laughs) But I thought one of your moments was going to be Millie's banging bikini. I guess it wasn't. It was just she looked good, I guess. Yeah, it wasn't, like, a thing. Yeah. I try and stick to, like, trends that I remember back in my blogging days. (laughs) We'll link to her blog in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) We won't. I killed that thing. (laughs) So next week, we see Kagi and Thomas explore London. Spencer, keeping good on his promise, keeps his distance, which actually inspires a surprising reaction in Kagi. Alice and Proudlock hook up after their date, and Hugo tries to drag Millie back into the situation that we had really hoped was behind them. So many love triangles and hookups going on right now. (laughs) I know. I can't wait to talk about it. Bye, guys.